0: Welcome to Cleaning Up, a podcast about all things business, commercial cleaning, and franchising. Each episode, we bring new insights on growing and building a janitorial business. We discuss business, franchising, and all things cleaning. Here's your host, Damien Boehm. Damien
1: G'day and welcome to this episode of Cleaning Up. I have a special guest with us today. Over the last 11 years, my guest has helped over 300 business owners improve their profitability through sales marketing, team training systems, strategic planning, and he's done this both in the US and Australia. He has an MBA. He's served as an advanced electronics technician in the United States Navy, and he has worked as a quality control metrologist for Motorola in their semiconductor manufacturing sector. And as a financial management analyst with the U.S. Department of Defense, he's a owner of an Action Coach franchise, which is part of the worldwide network of over a 1,000 business coaches in 70 countries. And he is someone who's my coach, and he helped us when we started franchising Urban Clean, and he continues to work with me and our executive team. Let me welcome today's guest, Bill Stack. Thanks, Damien. It's great to have you here, Bill. Thanks for coming and sharing your expertise with us today. I want to talk about coaching today, what the value is in having coaching in your business, what happens with Urban Clean, how you work with us in the early stages to coach the business, uh, as well as uh, what makes for successful people in the business and the transformations that you see when you start coaching them. But you've got a lot of experience you've Uh, Talk to so many different business owners and help so many business owners over the years. Tell me, why does a business need a coach? Wow, where do we begin? Number one, I think a lot of business owners get
0: get a little caught up in what's in front of them. They get caught up in what's uh, what their employees give them as problems. If people say, if you have twenty employees, you have twenty new problems a day. You get they get caught up in uh, what's coming at them in the in their email inbox. They get caught up in stuff and they don't necessarily keep reviewing those business fundamentals and applying them to their business. And uh, sometimes when they find out that they should have been doing that in a little, few months ago or even a few years ago, problems have snowballed to the point where they're uh, quite problematic and quite numerous. So sometimes my, my biggest role as a business coach, is to help stop problems from getting big by dealing with them when they're small. The other big thing that I would do with them is help them put systems and um, approaches for their team to take so that the problems don't even pop up in the first place. There's always problems in a business, but the business coach, my role would be to help them see where their gaps are in solving them, and help them see where their gaps are in
1: preventing them as they grow in revenue, profit, market share, etc. That's my job. That's really interesting. So you're, you're saying that a business, and a business particularly that's uncoached, accumulates all these little problems and is constantly reacting to things. And that is not really noticeable to a business owner in the early stages or even as it, it's like a thousand mosquito bites, it's the accumulation when it gets to a certain size, then there's a problem. Is that when business owners reach out to you, Bill? Is that when they typically talk to you is when the pain of all those little small cuts, all those mosquito bites gets their attention? What is it generally that propels people to reach out to you or want to talk to, to you about their business?
0: Um, it sort of depends on where they are on their business owner journey. If they're new and they're adding just their maybe their first few staff members their their team is getting to be about six or seven people strong and now they're sort of losing control of things they feel they have to be there all the time to watch their team and to take care of um smaller problems that you're they were hoping the team would handle which is why they hired the people in the first place a lot of times they help me with that uh they asked me to, to help them with that and um so that's team related Or there's just too much time that they're spending to keep that business afloat and growing. It's pulling on them too much. So that's time related. And the final reason why somebody asks me to help them would be if there's just they're doing both. They're handling their team and they're putting in the hours. But at the end of the month, they don't personally see much. They're making their payroll and their team's getting paid, but there's not much at the end of the month or the end of the quarter for them to enjoy and actually call as profit. That's the stuff that I would uh, really help them on a practical level get a hold of.
1: What are some of the biggest turning points you've seen a business, take? Like They started getting mm-hmm. coaching, get, getting coached by you. What are some of the most dramatic changes you've seen?
0: It's funny because um, uh, just, just this week, a former client that I helped build their business up to from about they were at 2.8 million, and I helped them get it up to about 11 million uh, very reasonably quickly about 19, 20 months. He sold it, he went away and did something. And he actually came back and he asked me that this is a situation where he's asking me to be involved in this next business venture from the very beginning. That's someone who already has had the perspective of having some business coach help, and then when they're starting over in a new business which is already very promising given his personal network. He wants me to be involved at the very beginning. That's a rarity. The, the trigger points um, that we help with is one of those three things. Mo- the fa- the first thing I usually have to work with a, a client on as their coach is carve out some time for them to do that development work and reinvigorating some of the principles that they may have been ignoring for years dealing with chaos and start Carving that time so they can can look at their business in a, a new light. Instead of playing whack-a-mole, they are driving towards a specific goal, and then it's just a matter of helping them organize their week or their month to make sure that type of activity is maximized. So those are those are the kind of trigger points that I um that I uh, ex- see my clients experience when they when they reach out to help, and and
1: we tackle those first.
0: The yeah, time-related wow. Ones.
1: Well, or, or I mean, two point eight to eleven million in mm. what nineteen months is an yeah, incredible just, yeah. transformation of the business. Was was there any key things about that? Was it was it just that business owner getting out of his way and starting to focus on the things that mattered in his business? You've been or?
0: down this path before. This is, yeah. I think. Uh, <laughs> I think, um, I think you hit it right on, that, on the head. That's exactly what happened. He was getting too busy doing things that was stopping him from having the time and focus to not only engage, but to commit. Once we got the systems in order where there was no, far less chaos, the time was available for him to do that strategic alliance stuff. That just, it, it would add massive amounts to his business very quickly in large chunks. Uh, and that's how
1: that played out. Okay, great. What, what made you... Be- decide that you wanted to become a business coach bill
0: wow my entire military career had uh various forms of training where you're uh influencing people to push themselves to their to their limit to always go beyond where they are to become the next level sailor or soldier the next level technician and uh, as i took on small group dynamic leadership roles I thought yeah, this is interesting. This is kind of fun. So when I when I left the military and started working for Motorola, I, I, that's where I went into my on the education side. I finished my my uh, B.S. in business management and then got my M.B.A. and I learned a lot more of that business leadership, business communications, business acumen, the standard stuff that that pays attention to the, what really makes a business tick. And then I said to myself, what am I going to do with this? Uh, as an employee, a friend of mine was already doing this business coaching with my organization action coach, and he said this is this is very similar to your skill set and your personality. Maybe you should have a look at it And I did did my due diligence and um, became a member of that community and never look back it's a it's a great supportive uh, community of very intelligent people that keep me uh, on on my toes as a coach and make me a better coach along the way so that that was the big reason.
1: yeah okay uh well like I can vouch for it like we've worked together for many years mm. now so I know that you bring that regimented approach to to coaching we've had lots of coaching sessions together you and me and it's all about bringing things back to the basic, getting mm-hmm. back to fundamentals, getting, I like what you said before, it's getting the chaos out of the business so that if you're the business owner and you're the director, you're the managing director, the president, and the CEO, you can focus on those things that are going to drive results and really grow the business. And yeah. you can't do that if, like you said before, you're playing whack-a-mole, but is there certain things that you learnt in the in the military when you were in the US Navy particularly about taking someone from a certain standard and then raising yeah. them to the next level, there's something that yeah. that they really instilled on you or you found out while you're working in the Navy that if you looked at a, an individual, you could very quickly assess what they needed to do to progress in their career or progress in their leadership or their management skills. Yeah.
0: Within reason, I, I could do that, but I don't want to say that it's a as simple a process as just having one or two conversations with somebody. There's a combination of what they know that they can control and then what they don't even know that they that is influencing their decision making process in, in terms of, you know, can I get better? Should I get better? Why would I want to get better? And my job is to help establish some tension between that where they are. And where they will either say they want to go or have outside demands put upon them to, to step up to that plate. And this is where I'm getting at, is sometimes internal disciplines aren't as strong as they could be. Let's just say that. Let's say they're not as strong as what the moment demands of a business owner. Right. Their internal disciplines are a little less than optimum. Sometimes external discipline, which is what I provide, is the thing that helps them build that internal discipline and that takes over all on their own. Uh, so that's, that's, um, that's definitely stuff I learned in the military and, um, and as, you know, as a certified action coach and executive coach, there's, there were many different techniques to bring to bear to help the client start to accept these uh, new ways of looking at business decisions the new ways of following through on those decisions um, than they used to do in the past. And yeah, it's sometimes a matter of external discipline, helping them establish that internal discipline that takes over from there. And that's my job. If they still need me year after year after year to do that in that particular type of external discipline, I'm not doing my job well enough and they're not developing. So my job is to develop them so that they eventually don't need me for that set of problems. They'll need me for the next level set of problems. Hope okay. that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. So you, in a sense, are acting as a catalyst. You're creating that discipline from the outside, which at some point they need to take on and internalize and say, well, I'm going to be doing this. I mean, I know this because we work together with each other, you know, you know, having a default diary. So planning your days, planning your weeks, making Mm -hmm. sure that you've got set goals and you're putting time aside to the important tasks of your business. You're looking Mm -hmm. at your finances, you're looking at your sales and all those sorts of things. When we started, that's the questions that you were asking me all the time. Okay. So what's (laughs) this number? What's that number? Um, Until it became something that I internalized and I made sure that's something I did as a habitual thing, as a natural thing. When someone is like that though, like, what is the, ne- you mentioned before, what's the next level? So what happens after that, that happens? So once they well, internalize those basic disciplines, what's the next level? I'm sure you've already
0: done that uh, in your business where you say, okay, these are the things that has kept my business healthy, consistent, and thriving. Should all these not be on my shoulders anymore? Maybe I should have team members or technology or a combination of both take over the reins so I don't have to exercise personal discipline on those uh, tasks. But I know that the system and the team that I'm building will take care of those tasks. That frees you up for those. That's how you get to be ready to accept those next level challenges is because the time and the mental focus is being handled by others or handled by the systems and um, manuals, et cetera, that you put in place with your team. I hope that answered your question about that.
1: So that almost sounds like you coach people to become coaches. You set someone up for success, you create the external disciplines, and then if it's inside your team, then you hope they internalize it. They go out and they do those things and you just... Keep on delegating and growing and automating different tasks in your business mm. until mm. what does Brad call it? Brad sugars. He calls it a profitable, a yeah. commercial, commercial, product. profitable enterprise
0: that works without you. Yeah, that's uh, that's our goal. So and yeah, to some extent, that's my. It doesn't seem like that's what you're taking huge steps towards at first, because most of the time you're just sort of cleaning the garage just so you can see the floor. Eventually, you get to figure out the proper design of your garage after you clean it up. You just can't do it until it's clean. So yeah, I provide the external discipline at that level. And as you transfer those disciplines to your team, as you coach your team, if you would, to excel to their level in those, ta- in those tasks, you're ready for the next level. And, uh, and guess what? Your team is too. They become more self-sufficient because you're coaching them appropriately. So yeah, it is sort of a Coaching baton that gets handed down to you, and you do this, you do a lot of the same things with your team. I, re, I would agree with that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Which is probably a good segue into franchising because franchising is a lot of that is. Uh, coaching Mm -hmm. and developing individuals, getting them to apply a great system. And Mm -hmm. I know you, I mean, you were there right at the beginning of our business and helping us and guiding us and using the principles developed by action action coach, as well as your own knowledge and expertise from, from your background. It's, it seems like there's a lot of action coaches who help businesses franchise out because Uh, I know there's a couple of Australian examples. I think there's some U S examples. It just seems to be a thing, doesn't it? So action coaches Mm. getting involved in early stages of franchises and helping them franchise and develop their business. Do you think that comes from that coaching mentality or that systemize the idea of systemizing businesses?
0: It's more the latter because there are different ways you can multiply. We call it multiplication. Franchising is one way of multiplying a business out. Uh, Um, Uh, licensing or just a corporate expansion is another way, but they still have a very similar aspect of you making a mini version of what you created at first. And as you're growing your main headquarters office, if you would, there's still a mini version somewhere helping in in some other city, that particular local market. That's, that's generally the, the pattern. So it's sometimes they'll look like franchises even when they're not, but it's it's a matter of having those external disciplines be transferred to the system. So those become the external disciplines for the team members that are I don't want to say lower level tasks, but they're they're just handling uh, more uh, really more
1: the routine tasks. Yeah, they're more routine yeah. tasks, yeah.
0: And the yeah. the more maybe forward facing tasks, forward facing to the client type stuff. So yeah.
1: Well you've been a coach in Urban Clean. You've been my coach. You still are my coach. You Mm -hmm. coach our executive team. You coach many of our master franchises. What do you think our most successful master franchises in in Urban Clean have in common?
0: Oh, well, we we keep our eyes on them quite a bit. We want to know what makes the good ones tick and what makes uh, what keeps a team member uh, more mundane in their performance so that we can help. We can have that tension be helped. So as far as the top producers, I would say it is two things. An active mindset. The mindset that says, I'm the mover in this situation. I'm the mover in this sales conversation. I'm the mover in this franchisee recruitment conversation. I'm the mover in this strategic alliance that they're building. Under no circumstance do they sit back and just sort of wait for things to move. They are the active player. They provide the energy into reminding people, hey, did you get back to me on the side of the We wanted to talk about maybe some sort of cross marketing. How about we talk? Let's have a coffee. That is number one. If they're active, we call that taking ownership of the moment, you know, and taking accountability for the results that you have. The second one would be that they have a a sense of growth that they are wanting to see. Yes, you could be active. People are active all the time and nothing nothing in their business grows. But they're if they're active in their in their uh, ability to approach any problem instead of passive, and they're looking for specifically to grow their own business and to get their ROI and to get that the reason why they became a franchisee in the first place actually happen. They use our systems better. They open up the manual. They start to memorize the scripting. They start to memorize all the different things that we've already put in place for them to use, and they use it more actively. So, using the tools and staying active with their relationship with those tools—those are those are the two features of our highest-performing master franchisees, I would say.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. So, uh, and I, and well, I did an episode, just a couple of episodes, about really having that great attitude. That's and right. Yeah. About I love having that. That active attitude towards mm. things, taking ownership, you see things and rather than thinking, well, it's just going to fall in my lap, going out and doing it and using mm. the tools and resources that you've got. I think I read once that the number one reason people fail in a franchise is not because of the franchise or, not because of economic conditions, not because of anything else other than the fact that they don't go about following the system. And so, like, what you're saying is just having that attitude of going out and just doing it, making it happen, rather mm-hmm. than thinking, well, I've got a system, so it should just do the work for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, think it's, I think that's a, a really yeah. key observation. I agree.
0: Because we, you and I have been working on growing this franchise from the day, we also knew that we're, we take quite a bit of ownership for doing what we can to maximize those people who – naturally are active, right? Finding them, pulling that type of personality into our organization, because that's what our culture demands, right? With, so when there are people who don't have as strong and active, being active participants in using our, the system that they bought, <laughs> uh, we also have mechanisms in there, such as coaching and localized community conversations to help them feel a little bit more ready to be more active about that stuff, and then they, they start to, to personally to see their own results increase little by little. So there are some people that are sort of rock stars in the business, and then there are some people that are a little bit in the middle. But as long as the overall arching pebble is being pushed up the hill, and they're getting uh, a little better and a little better, then they're um, they're being served well by the by the franchise as a whole. And you you we've talked about this in the past. That's our philosophy. So. Um, we set that stage to, to be the reality.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've got a question for you, Bill. We're working together with mm-hmm. Urban Clean. We're launching in the United States. We're growing also in other areas around the world, UK, New Zealand. I know you you still coach other businesses. So you're coaching as well as being part of Urban Clean. You're coaching other businesses and you, you've got joint ventures and you're a co-founder of other businesses What's what's your plans for the next five years? I don't think I've even asked you this, mate. So you know, we talk about we talk almost all the time, and I've never asked you what are you going to do. That's because ne- you
0: you haven't taken me up on the airplane for the talk. So <laughs> uh-huh. so uh, five years from now, good question. I would say if I if I was to have my five year plan in front of me, it's a combination of two things that are happening. Number one is continue to increase the current small i keep a small constellation of active clients that that i directly assist and the second thing is to increase the size of this membership that i have been creating so that it is a uh, a community of of business owners That start to help each other, and I have systems in there to help the business owners actually help each other using the same general techniques that I would be using. But it just magnifies my influence by having a community. We call it a membership program. So in five years from now, that membership program will be a lot larger than it is, and uh, it's in a a nice nurture state, supplying direct peer uh, support, business owner peer support. And routine planning events and even speaking events on a routine basis throughout the year to everybody in the membership up and down the East Coast of, uh, of Queensland. So those are, that's my five-year plan to increase that, just help more
1: business owners help themselves. There you go. See, I learned something today too, the to sort your plans are. We'll mm. have to talk about that. <laughs> cool. i got some quick questions for you. Great. Hit me. I think I know some of them. Well, I'm not sure I know all of them. <clears throat> oh, wow. Yeah. What's your favorite song?
0: Mm, wow. I'd say if I'm in a good mood, I'd say One More Night by Maroon 5. It's a good driving song. It's a good fun song. Okay. One More Night by Maroon 5. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. What's the last movie you watched that made you laugh?
0: Oh, that's easy. It was just a, a, a little while ago, about a month ago. The Adam
1: Project by Ryan Reynolds. I'll nice. I watched that. I watched that. Where, movie. Where, which part? It's on Netflix, I believe. Yeah, it's on Netflix. I think I saw yeah. I saw part of it with my kids. That's right. It's definitely a father son through. type of show.
0: Yeah, it's a great, it's a great show. It's
1: a great okay. show. What's your favorite Australian food? Hmm. <laughs> you have to think about this one now, don't you?
0: No, no, it pops up. It, people around the world won't know this, but whoever's listening to this out there in the universe, fly to Queensland and. Try Gippsland blueberry yogurt. It is amazing. It's it's it does it's, not last long in the house. <laughs>
1: where's that? Where's that?
0: It's it's uh it's available at uh, supermarkets in the area, and it's a fantastic food. It's it's a beautiful yogurt, white yogurt that has um, blueberry compote or some sort of blueberry um, sort of jelly throw, put into it. Not really jelly, but a mixture of blueberries throughout it, and it is. Amazing. Gippsland blueberry yogurt. Okay. It's really it's delicious.
1: <laughs> <Quite great. laughs>
0: uh,
1: yeah. I have I haven't heard of that, but maybe that's just I'm not a yogurt kind of person. So but I'll be looking mm. out for that now. What's your favorite American food? Oh, that's easy peasy. Uh Boston
0: style or East Coast style. People would call it New York style, but there's there's a slight difference. Boston style pizza. Thin awesome. crust, floppy, oily um yeah that's the best it is amazing
1: very very cool and what's your favorite quote
0: um favorite quote never make long-term decisions off of short-term emotions that would be a quote that i think is you know don't make a don't make a lifelong decision off of a gut feel emotion that may be completely different once you analyze the situation which Goes against what a lot of people teach, but that's my thing.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, long-term decisions based off of temporary emotions. You know, that would be the phrase. Yeah. Excellent. Look, Bill, it's a pleasure having you on this show. It's been a lot of fun. This was really fun. So, you know, we got to talk about a few fun things as well as about business and about Mm. coaching and how would someone reach out to you? So say they are looking at you know, getting coached by you, and you you coach a lot of industries. So even though mm-hmm. you obviously work with us in the cleaning and the franchising world, but you work with antenna businesses, roof restoration businesses, some mm-hmm. large construction businesses, nonprofit organizations, medical right. groups, uh, yeah. how would they get in touch with you and reach out and learn more about how they could possibly work with you?
0: Well, they could always email me directly at Bill Stack. Just like, just imagine a stack of bills, uh, B-I- it. B-I-L-L-S-T-A-C-K, uh, at actioncoach, all one word, actioncoach.com. Or just stop on by the website, which is ongrowingbusiness.com, all one word, com. And uh, that's where they'll find everything that I'm doing, including that membership that I had mentioned earlier
1: all right terrific i will make sure they are in the show notes so if you are interested in reaching out to bill you can have a look there have a look at the show notes and of course if you are looking at getting started in your very own commercial cleaning business or you're looking even at a master franchise have a look in the show notes too there will be information about how you can reach out to us how you can reach out to our team at urban clean And that's a wrap for this episode. So thanks again, Bill, and bye for now. Thanks.
0: Listening to the Cleaning Up Podcast. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. This podcast has been brought to you by Urban Clean, a commercial cleaning franchise with opportunities available globally. Check us out at
0: www.urbanclean.com.au. Stay tuned for our next episode.